everyone and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Pierre and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings citizens. This is a science fiction movie podcast. Also your intro line is actually very uh, relevant this episode. It just occurred to me. <laughs> but this is a sci-fi movie podcast where you watch a movie, we get together, we talk about it. It's really that simple. Uh, and as you would expect, the film is usually science fiction A in some capacity. So this episode is about a film called Cosmos, a low-budget film for the, finally released in 2019. Uh, you can find it on Amazon Prime in the US, uh, specifically if you want to go check it out for yourself. Otherwise, it's rentable uh, elsewhere. And it's a movie about three characters who do astral research. You know, they, they drive out to this... They never actually specify why they're in this specific place. I assume it's just because it's a good spot for accessing the satellite they're accessing. Uh, but they, they all do something slightly different, but, you know, one guy in particular records audio from space, and would you believe it, he hears something potentially intelligent, and that kind of becomes the, the, obviously what the movie's really about, is that this might be First Contact. And it's a very low-budget film, in fact, I think the first thing we're going to do here, uh, well, maybe not the first thing, we'll probably get our general opinions first, but we'll play a game of, uh, guess the relation to the directors and the the crew list because it's uh, directed by elliot and xander weaver um now i've not looked this up to specifically find out but i think they're brothers uh i could yes. be yeah. yeah is that right okay good uh nailed that one uh, uh, I, I think so yeah uh so and they are also the producers they're also the writers which isn't that weird that combination is pretty normal right writer director's normal writer director producer a little rarer but still relatively normal but then they're also the cinematographers they're also the editors um if they were in the movie they'd be straight up a pair of tommy wiseos <laughs> that's basically we should point. be so lucky <laughs> what is this message from space i don't understand <laughs> my people have returned for me <laughs> that was the worst <laughs> the worst impression oh i am fed up with this world <laughs> Now that's a good one. Yeah, because well, that's actually a line from the room, so I I made it work. I, I took one, I made it work. Uh, so we'll start spoiler free, of course, as we always do. And before we start this discussion here and tell you what, what we think, I'll plug the like button on YouTube because liking is really important and it's an easy and free way to support everything we do. So if you like the show and you want to make sure it keeps coming back and people, more people find us, then just hit the like button. And I hate to say that I hate promoting the like button. I feel like such a YouTube shill. Um, so... Anyway, let's get into the into the movie then. So yeah, premises is kind of what I said. These three individuals drive out middle of the night. They're going to spend the night out recording things. One's got a big fancy telescope thing that they're shooting to the sky. One's got some audio equipment. Uh, one's reading data off a satellite. And there's a bit of you know personal drama between the three characters, the three men that are out there. Uh, there's a bit of history here that kind of uh, is explored and explained as we go. Uh, I'll save that for a little bit later. But um. And of course, they they hear some signals. They hear some some things back in a certain frequency. And some of the things that are in the movie are actually based on real, uh, not not the, the events of this movie aren't based on anything, but they use real like science history uh, as a setup for a couple of things that do happen. So they they refer to like a, for example, there's a a specific frequency. It's called the waterhole. Like it's a range of frequencies where it's a quiet place in the frequency. So theoretically it's the, the where you would get the better signals from space because it you know they explain it in the movie but i actually did quickly google it to see, is this a real thing this waterhole thing and it was like it immediately came up in google so uh 
So there's a couple of things like that where they use real mm-hmm. stuff. So they, they, they want to go, and it's funny because I think this will this will definitely compare this a little bit to uh, The Vast of Night, uh, which is a very different film. I mean, it's, it's similar in that it's about getting a sound from something in space, and it's a very low-budget movie, but that's kind of where the comparisons end. They're very different. Like, feels, how they look, how they're produced, they're very different. So we'll compare those a little bit later as well. We reviewed that recently, a couple months ago. You can go check out that review if you want to. Uh, but hey, yes. So uh, it's a British film as well. I didn't say that. Uh, it's all English uh, accents, pretty much. So uh, I'll ask the question, Tara. How did you feel about Cosmos? I liked it. I think it's. Uh, I think it's pretty decent for a low budget film. Um, I enjoy all the science talk, and I enjoyed the setting of the amateur astronomers. Um, there's some things that I didn't really care for too much, um, little nitpicks, I guess, but overall I thought it was pretty impressive for a first film and, um, I bought into the, the tension of the moments. Um, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I very much appreciate the ambition of this and that it is kind of this, you know, small, I mean, one of the things that you mentioned to me before we started recording is that pretty much everyone working in this wasn't like paid this was like a like a volunteer kind of movie where everyone just kind of like pitched in and wanted to get it done so it's ultra low budget it's like as low budget mm-hmm. as low budget gets and on the, on that level is is very impressive uh i do have to admit though there's definitely i do also have some nitpicks and i have maybe some bigger problems and i have to say and this is this might be a really harsh thing but there's actually there's a few moments in this movie that made me cackle with laughter in an unintentional way uh there's a couple yeah of... there's some emotional beats yeah. that really played up for 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 drama and um yeah some to, of that stuff i just wasn't really to, buying into to, to put it into perspective there's a moment where you know short reverse shot but the camera on both people does that thing where it tracks into them on both sides as the music swells up really dramatically mm-hmm. as they're smelling at each other because they're about to do a thing and i just I just I felt like this is really cheesy and forced, and it like it just isn't quite fucking. And because one of the things you 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 messaged me when you watched it is that the music felt a bit out of place. Yeah. Uh, which I guess we'll start with that because I think it's it's really easy to talk about that without spoilers. So the music's like such a spoiler-free thing to talk about because you could just. <laughs> I feel bad for you know, I always seem to pick on music when we're talking about these low-budget films, and well, it must be very difficult to like. You know, to not have a composer who's like professional, who's John Williams or you know Hans Zimmer. <laughs> I mean, well, to be fair though, at least with Vast of Night, I liked the music, so I was defending it. There was some mm-hmm. balance there. Unfortunately, here I think we're both going to pile on the music. So. The music, it it really seems like it's for some epic war film. Like there, there are many times if you close your eyes and just listen to the to the score, you're like, all right, yeah, we're we're across enemy lines and there's a lot of danger here <laughs> like, yeah there's, str- there's strings going and and i, I like uh i like it a, a an emotional or dramatic soundtrack for a movie even when it's like a smaller mm-hmm. film but there is something very specific about the music here that feels like it's just for the wrong genre it feels like it's geared for something else and i, yeah. I wouldn't even necessarily think i wouldn't even necessarily go straight to a warrant although i can see why you'd say that but it, it was just like it's, it's just a different feel like it felt like the, the music needed to be 
I don't know, uh, more nuanced, maybe calmer. Uh, there's maybe like one big sort of couple of things towards the end where maybe, okay, maybe then you bring in the brass and you do something a bit more majestic. But I feel like, you know, it should be about wonder. It should be about the wonder of what's out there. And the music, right from the very start, is like, something important happens this night and they'll never <laughs> be the same again. Like That's what it's saying to me immediately. And it it's like, you kind of have to earn that a little bit. <laughs> You can't just yeah yeah you know, so because so, some people critique crit- music and say oh it's manipulative but i'm like yeah but it's supposed to be the whole, the whole point of a I story don't care. Like, i don't yeah. understand that criticism right. at all but like, here's the thing it's making you feel emotions and because the the movie can't do it so the music well, has to do it like who gives a shit like <laughs> well i, I think that's a, there is stuff to pick apart there with the argument though because i think this, it does th- move th- you if you are moved by it then no but this is the thing this is an example of see that complaint you just said this is an example of them being right because mm-hmm. this is where the film isn't achieving it and the music is like trying to do it on its own basically yeah it's trying but it's not succeeding yeah um and maybe if the music was more the right kind of music for the film maybe it would work and it wouldn't you know come off feeling this way but i, I think the reason why people make that complaint is that they're they're misunderstanding the problem it's not that the music is unsuitable for the movie it's that the movie is just maybe not that good to begin with and you're saying oh the music's trying to make it all work and it doesn't well Mm -hmm. no it just means that the movie on its own in the first place isn't that good or it isn't achieving what what it's doing um this is actually one of the few examples where and it got worse the the more the movie went on because you know because okay it was a bit epic sounding for the title come up at the start and i'm like okay whatever it's your big title screen you want to have a big sort of like here's what here's a taste of what you're going to feel later right fine but it get into really dramatic music so quickly and there's a point where there's like a montage of them quickly doing something because there's there's like a race against the time kind of thing uh and they're sort of motivated to do something and the music's sort of doing the and it's like it's just like going so fast and like it, it, i don't know <laughs> I, I, I do you know what it is it, 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 this is kind of i guess my my biggest complaint about the movie as a whole is that it it's trying to pretend that it is some epic big hollywood movie down to the point where it's got big hollywood tropes in its script it, even though it changes certain things like for example like there's literally a ticking time bomb at the end of the movie and it's not an actual bomb in this case but it's that's what it is it's it's, it's the ticking time bomb element right and it yeah and it uses it in such a way that kind of it just it dragged me out of the movie because all i could see was like i I mean i don't know if this is the first script these guys have written i don't know if it's like they're they're you know i I have some complaints about that too but they're more like detail complaints but i understand what you're talking about yeah there were several moments in the film where I was just, I was kind of drawn out by how hard they were trying to do like a specific movie thing. Like, yeah. it was obsessed with being a movie to the point where the characters at times stopped feeling like people and just felt like movie characters in a way that felt oh, kind yeah. of false. Oh yeah, I really, I mean, I I like the Mike character quite a bit. I think he's well acted. He's and the best of the three. I would yeah, he's that. the best of the three. But like all the... Uh, the scenes with Roy and his like dramatic arcs and trying to regain friendship or yeah uh, that stuff like I think the music really didn't help but it just felt so over the top like this is a really deep drama then character study you're like nah not really <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> there are some good moments like between the three of them that I enjoyed and um but for the most part like the the drama parts that they tried to it's like 
that that storyline, which it, doesn't matter as much as like the main storyline, that stuff felt kind of much like worse. Yeah. Much like the music as well, it kind of got worse as it went. Because at the start, when he was being kind of cold shouldery to everyone, mm-hmm. and there was kind of this tension, it was like, it's been a bit on the nose with how it's presenting this conflict, but whatever, you know, I'll go with it. Once we kind of had, like, you know, I don't think this is a spoiler to say that throughout the movie, they kind of bond, and there's, you know, they come out another end having mutual goals and whatever. Once it got to the time where it was more like sort of, you know, like a camaraderie and whatever, it was actually worse the way it would sort of like have these moments where they're agreeing and smiling with each other and to the yeah. point where i shit you not at the start of the movie even before all that i actually thought there was going to be some sort of like like roy and mike the other two characters the way they were talking uh where roy's like uh you know like you know i'm upset at him or you know blah blah you know or i think uh Harry There's says, "It's a little bit of a romance." Yeah, Har- to Har- it. Harry says, "Are you, are you jealous of makes so Why are you asking that? Why would I be jealous?" Oh, I can think of a few reasons. And I was actually surprised later on when they pointed out that that Harry was married because I thought, "Were they a couple? Is, it, is that what that says? Was this romantic?" <laughs> because it kind of feels like it was romantic. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I was and there, that there are scenes at the end where they're like staring into each other's eyes with the music <laughs> swelling yeah. up. We're like, "Are they gonna kiss?" <laughs> There's a lot of staring into each other's eyes. There. There's, a, there's a lot of things like that that came off as really cliche yeah too. and I, I know what you mean by the whole like the the camera is like slowly zooming into them and it's mm. building up the intensity but it never stops doing that like every scene is like that We're like okay let's just stay still have like <laughs> and just sure. And just look at what's happening instead of just the constant well, slow zoom in. One of the things I love about low-budget movies, and especially a bottle, because this is essentially a bottle movie, because it's all essentially mm-hmm. in the car in this middle-of-nowhere area for like 95% of the yeah, movie. Yeah, it's very claustrophobic. Yeah. And I, lo- I love that. I love that movie because I think it, it, it forces better writing often. Mm-hmm. Uh, arguably, maybe it didn't here. But it's the kind of thing where I love it, the movie feeling bigger because of what they're talking about and because of what they're discovering, in this case, on the on their recordings and their, you know, their instruments. And I love that. And I think that the mistake the movie makes for me is that it tries to have the camera work and the music all sort of, like, go bigger than it actually is, when really what it should do to feel more genuine. Because it, it's like it cause it's using all these real things from his, scientific history to kind of, like, reinforce mm-hmm. what it's doing. It wants to be grounded. So I feel like the correct approach to all this other stuff would be to go more nuanced, but to be, to be yeah. you know, treat it more calmly, treat it more like a, a subtle journey, you know, rather than have big dramatic camera track-ins with someone smelling and nodding. And I, I won't say yeah. anything too much until we get to spoilers, but I'll just say everything with the hats was making me piss myself laughing because it was <laughs> stupid. It was stupid. It's really stupid. cheese core. But the <laughs> the whole like zooming in real slow thing, I, I complained about that in The Vast of Night too. And it's like a lot of these movies had the same, I don't know, the same teacher. And maybe the teacher is just big Hollywood. But like, it, it's like they're, they're taking, oh, that looked really good. So we're just going to use that in times of mm. by 100. Now I, this does it a lot more than The Vast of Night. Yeah, I, 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 but, I was going to stick up for it there and say it. I, I know, you even, love that film. And even I, when I was does, neutral on it. And when it does do it, it does it. It does it, it a little bit too much in that film. Maybe it does it a bit too much, but I, 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 this sounds like a weird thing to say why one's better than the other. But it does it slower, and slower is better in this case. Um, doing it quickly, well, doing it quickly is like a superhero thing. So when you do a, a quick track in, yeah, uh, on a character, that's your superhero shot. That's your your Django or, and Chain. Yeah, the shot right before you cut to commercial. 
yourself. Sure, but it's your Django Unchained, like your low track into the character. That's your yeah. your big moment. Like when you do the thing where it's like the slow realization of something, so you have the slow track into a person as they're thinking about something, or in this case, listening to something on the headphones, mm-hmm. right? That's what you're you're going for. But this this movie is just so obsessed with being like, look at all the techniques we can do. I'm like, I, just because you can do a technique, I mean, let me just quote Jurassic Park. You were so preoccupied with whether or not you could that you never stopped to wonder if you should, right? That is that is filmmaking yeah. 101, is it still has to fit the material, and I'm not convinced. I feel really bad because I'm shitting all over this, but... <laughs> so the thing is, I was kind of into it, despite the fact that I thought it was a bit cheesy for, like, half of it, and then it kept getting cheesier and cheesier and cheesier, to the point where the last 10 minutes, and it's not quite on the same level as these other movies that I'm going to compare it to, but it kind of had like a in, a in a miniature sense almost a Lord of the Rings Return of the King. When is this going to end? Because there was like multiple shots where I thought this is the last shot. It's going to cut to black here, and then it kept going, and then a, a speech was made, and then it kept going. A speech was made. Oh, let's return to that big shot again. <laughs> it just it kept going. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Um, I don't think it's quite. I don't think it's quite that. I don't say that bad because Return of the King is a masterpiece, but hmm. like. But I know what you mean by the ending. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, you're right. Uh, it's it's pretty... <laughs> but the thing is, I do like how grounded the story is and the, and the dialogue is. I just think it, it could have been... The same script could have been used to make a better film. I think the, the people who made this film, I, I, I get that they're nerds for this stuff. And I think their love of mm-hmm. this this material and what they're doing shows... I think someone else to actually sort of take all the dialogue, maybe not the science dialogue, but all the, the drama dialogue and all of that stuff. Uh, and someone else, if he could take a crack in the script in that sense and let mm-hmm. them kind of massage those elements, I think it would have helped a lot. Because it's not so much that the the actual arc of what they go through and why, like, you know, Roy's pissed off at the others and you know, the resolution of it. There's nothing about the overall thing that's actually bad and conceptually. It's just how they say things it's how they perform things and it's how the camera kind of and the music kind of makes it all big and sweeping and like oh yeah you know. everything's a cinematic epic yeah <laughs> it was good. Do you know it almost felt like it felt like uh almost at times like a parody you know how when like you do like a mm-hmm. like a like a parody skit on youtube or like a sketch show do like a parody of like a movie and they'll do all this over-the-top camera work to make it feel cinematic in a jokey way. Or yeah. or when you're watching a movie and there'll be like a, a character in the movie who's an actor, so they'll have like fake movies they're in, and you'll see a clip of the fake movie. It, like there's moments in this movie where it reminded me the of that. The hockey season ended months ago. <laughs> Tara just got points. Lots of points. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, what's funny about that though is that that is actually what a lot of slashers were like bizarrely so that one's actually not as extreme <laughs> yeah i understand <laughs> totally yeah because uh, I, I i often joke that uh kevin james has the career of a of a fictional movie actor uh when you look at his titles and it's like you know <laughs> it's like you know paul bart yeah, it's like the ones inside of tropic thunder yeah yeah it's all these really <laughs> stupid sounding movies that they, they, they can't be real they're not real movies no, I don't know. I've never seen them. Maybe they, maybe they are fake. <laughs> I, I unfortunately have seen the first Paul Blart Mall Cup, and mistakes were made. <laughs> mistakes <laughs> were made. Yeah, I imagine so. I didn't I, go see it. I didn't see it in theaters. Don't, what are you accusing me of? Don't, don't spread that around. I don't know. 
Maybe you're a big fan of Segways. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was watching Arrested Development. I was like, oh, I need more Segways in my life. Where can I get more Segways? <laughs> I Esco, used to sell them. Let's go watch the funny fat man. Be a terrible <laughs> mall cop. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, yes, is there anything else we'd like to talk about? Uh, spoiler free. Yeah. I guess I, I mean, I do honestly like, I like all the science talk in it. It does feel very grounded and it, there are so many things that they mentioned that you can just say, is that real? And look it up. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a real thing. That's really cool that they, you know, wove that into the script. And I think the guy who plays Mike, Tom England, I don't know if he's done anything else, but like, I actually think he's genuinely really talented and hope he he's, yeah, he's, appears in more films. He's definitely the best of the three. I, I think... The movie, the movie's also a bit too long. It's like two hours, eight minutes. Yeah, uh, it's really, really long. Yeah, I feel like you could comfortably cut at least thirty minutes out of this without losing it. And I think it's a lot of that over drama. And it's not that I'm saying I want to take the character stuff out. The character stuff's important for making his care and giving them like, like a proper story to sprinkle throughout everything. Yeah. But they overdo everything so much that, like, the, the, to the point where the first like thirty, maybe even forty minutes. Is almost entirely devoted to the drama stuff, and I don't know if you actually like. I feel like a better writer could condense a lot of that down and make it actually feel better because it isn't spending so much long, you know, so much so much time on like all the cold shoulder stuff and the, you know, all, all that all that that's early on in the film. Yeah, I mean, I think that could have worked too, and I mean, you could tell that these guys were really influenced by by Jaws. You know, there's the three guys, mm-hmm. professional guys, in a in a car together in this case, and in a vehicle some type together uh, just working singing songs sea shanties together yeah <laughs> uh, I mean there's definitely a couple of things towards the end where I'm like okay this is impressive that they did this with basically no budget <laughs> they were able to like film a couple of these because obviously yeah I think mo- the idea that most of the things that they the script is is impressive um, I just wish that it had less of a epic feeling with the score <laughs> Yeah, because this is where, I mean, not just because I like the music, I think Vast of Night knew what it was exactly and tried to be mm-hmm. the best thing that it could be, you know, of its kind. Whereas I think this almost has aspirations that are, like, too high in a, a weird way and it actually hurts the film because it it's it's trying to be this epic saga of a two-hour movie. And it's like, no, nah, yeah. this, this should be, like, 95 minutes, really. And I, I don't think the other guys were, you know, like, bad actors or anything, but they do sort of come off as yeah a little bit phony and i think that you know is partly to do with just the i man the score really is, is probably going to come up a lot because a lot of their <laughs> dialogue probably could sound realistic if it wasn't this emotional epic sweeping score <laughs> of, you know like what you're watching you're like this is not this, this doesn't call for that at all like this is just work drama there's a couple, yeah. There's a couple of moments that made me laugh with how stuff was filmed. Um, there's a scene uh, without context here for spoilers' sake, but there's a scene like near the end, right? When they realize mm-hmm. when they get kind of what their final thing they have to, their final task is, right? And that's what the last like twenty minutes revolves around. When they're just about it's, to start, it's it, kind of a frustrating scene, right? There's a scene where they're trying to like set up stuff, and there's a lot of weird like clunky things here to build tension that felt really funny to me. But the bit that really made me laugh is that at one point, one guy has to throw the other guy the car keys, and the way it's shot, like it's an epic, epic action moment where he grabs them in a quick cut and then like immediately puts it in the, the ignition. It just is like it made me laugh because it was so yeah. over the top and like, what, what is this? Like a John Wick movie? All of a, like, what are you doing? 
stop it. Yeah. I like the way the lighting is used in the in the film. Like everything sure, is yeah. I mean it's it's a little overdone, but like I like the big red lights and then the green lights, the blue, the red, green and blue, which is important in astronomy and I liked all I like the way that visually looked, you know, it was fun to look at. It's a very pretty looking film. Especially for like all three of them are in this really claustrophobic car mm-hmm. that they're all packed into with a lot of equipment, a lot of instruments and it looked it looked good though like it 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 didn't look like it was uh i don't know except for all the the slow the slow no, zoom like, ins now to be fair i think obviously there's limitations for what they were going to do for lighting but i think given the premise of them the three guys sitting in a car i think the actual visual look of the film uh, mm-hmm. as, as in the aesthetic rather than the camera moves is perfectly fine uh it's, it's atmospheric it feels like it should it feels like they're genuinely out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. at night time, you know. It's, in that sense, it's all that that's solid, and that's why I don't want, like I don't want to be too harsh because I feel like I'm, I'm really kind of picking apart this, but it, it it feels like they really need someone else to come in and just do a rewrite of the script and like yeah, take, take the script. Yeah, someone that's not their mom. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, okay. Before we get to spoilers, we promised we'd play a game of who's related, who, who what's the relation in the crew. So I just said Elliot and Xander Weaver are the directors, writers, producers, editors, cinematographers. Uh, scrolling down the list here, music, uh, makeup department is Leslie Weaver. So mm-hmm. is this, you know, this is their mother, or you know, this is like a wife of one of them? Or I think a it's a wife. It's a wife, okay. Ooh, could be a sister. I'm going to go with wife. Although okay. I think they are pretty young. Sure, okay. okay. Wife. Uh, sound department uh, is actually Elliot again. So, he, he, so Xander got off easy. Elliot was doing sound as well. <laughs> the sound oh. seemed fine actually i take it back because xander apparently elliot was on sound xander was on visual effects <laughs> so you know what that was the only one i do the thing is is i'd forgotten what the first names were the directors that i thought there was more people on the list that we could play the game with it turned out leslie was the only one so oh well that was a bit of a dud let's see if there's any info yes who is who is leslie weaver who is Leslie Weaver? That's going to be the name of my movie. <laughs> In Search of Leslie. The <laughs> the Cosmos story. Alright, did you find anything on Leslie? Nope. Weaver? No. <laughs> we talked about other stuff for like 15 minutes and then I wasn't even ever sure if Tara ever actually found anything. <laughs> I checked I checked the internet. I couldn't find anything. Yeah, she's a she's an enigma. It's Leslie. Leslie Weaver. Right. Stand by for my six-part documentary, Searching for Leslie Weaver. Yes, yes. In Search of Leslie, the Cosmos <laughs> story. So I guess we'll, we're will we at that point then. We'll, we'll go into, into the spoilers. But before we start the spoiler section, I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month of August. So thank you to Alison M. Fordyce, Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Bored Now, Zammer Jammer, Al Tribesman, and Christopher Moy. Thank you to you all. Uh, they are all $20 and up patrons, which makes them producers. But you don't have to be a $20 patron, do they, Tara? Well, I know if you like our show and you like our content and you want to get more of it, why check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. And if you donate as little as $1 per month, you will get access to a back catalog of other film reviews that are not available on YouTube. Movies like Time Cop, like The Transfer Saga... Philadelphia Experiment 2, uh, what else did we do? Free Jack. Uh, so yeah, a bunch of fun ones and some David Carradine ones as well. So please 
check out our Patreon page. And if you donate as low well as $5 per month, you will get access to a vote. <laughs> you can vote on what we watch between four films once every month. So if you're wondering where your favorite science fiction movie is, maybe it's on the vote. Check that out. And you'll get these episodes a day early. So extra bonus. There you go. Thank you. Go. That was that was wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, all right, that's quite a spoiler. <laughs> Thank you. Was it distracting? No, no. No. Did you not notice me taking photos of myself? No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I mean, I didn't really. I was just doing it for the joke of the camera, uh, and hopefully to distract you. They never actually. You just want to pay attention, apparently. Um, I, I maybe, have. Maybe... Your face is covered with an additional photo of my face so i just see myself twice this is not a lie by the way <laughs> <laughs> tara's a bit tara's a bit in the vein side at times she has to make sure maybe, maybe if this 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 camera won't pick up uh all the beauty i want it to maybe this one will mm -hmm. double the tara <laughs> all right uh so spill spoilers then for cosmos from this point on so yeah, I mean, I think I have to talk about the hats. I really want to talk about these hats. Like the astronauts. The astronauts. They're cute. I was looking it up, see if I could find one for myself. So early on oh, in the film, the so the film starts with them driving towards the location. Mike's in the back seat, uh, passed out, and there's this tension between Harry and Roy. And uh, Roy clearly doesn't know has never really met Mike before last night, seemingly, and this, you know, it's, 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 it's up. and we see a hat on the dashboard. This red hat uh not, not one of those red hats <laughs> red hat says astronauts it's like a little club they had when they worked together because they were all like science and space nerds mm -hmm. uh, called the astronauts and he's like hey did you bring your hat we're you gonna wear our hats together uh that's what harry says and roy's like no no i'm not gonna wear mine and it's just kind of like okay that's where we're starting so, and obviously like, okay he's going to put on a hat by the end of the movie that's you know we're going with it right so, but the problem is, is later on in the movie when we have our moment where him and Harry have finally kind of made amends and all the rest of it, and I have problems with that, which we'll get to in order, but the scene where, so, so Harry puts on his red astronaut's hat, and it's like, it's a shame you don't have your hat, and the music's swelling up, and Roy's got this smell, and he's like, oh, Harry, and he pulls it out of his pocket, flips it out, and puts it on, and the music's swelling. Do you know what this? It's, it's almost like they want to do the Predator thing where they do the, you know, the, the hands together and the, and the muscles of the camera. That's what it feels like it was. Dylan, to. you <laughs> son of a bitch. Oh, uh, right. And it's okay. That was cheesy, but it's over. And then two minutes oh, later, is it? Yeah. And two minutes later, Roy is talking to 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 Mike, who he was very hostile with for the first portion of the movie. Is like, hey. You know, you're one of us now. He's like, yeah, it's a shame I don't have a hat. Apparently, not only did not only did Roy bring his hat, he brought a spare hat. He whipped out another hat. And so now, so there's this scene that music swells up again, and Mike puts on this hat. So all three of them have got these stupid red hats on. And like, okay, that was even cheesier than when Roy pulled out his own hat. But at least it's over. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Wouldn't you know it? There's a fourth. There's a fourth one. There's a fourth one. There's a fourth character, Dave. Yes. Uh, who, at the end of the movie, when they get to the, 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 the uh, what was the research center? Uh, 
it wasn't observatory it was like satellites maybe maybe it's an observatory yeah. as well but um, um i don't know i mean it would be it's called something yeah so it's like a an array of telescopes yes so they, they're looking for sound they get Radius there telescopes and the guy dave who we've heard on the phone a little bit makes me calling him uh there, there is one line like halfway through the movie about the, how the the club was you know make or sorry, not make uh, harry and roy and there was one other person in the club and mm-hmm. i remember i remember like thinking that was like a weird sort of like little thing and at the end uh like roy and harry are talking to dave kind of casually and makes like supposed to wait you guys know dave and wouldn't you believe it? Dave pulls out a red hat, flips it, and puts it on. And it's I so just, cute that they just keep it on standby at all times. I lost my shit. I started <laughs> laughing hysterically at this moment. I really did. Um, and even after that, when they're all standing in line looking up at the, the, the sky and the satellites, we'll get to what they're actually looking at later, but um, it, it's, there were so many shots of all four of them standing in their red hats looking up as epic music played. And I just, I kept feeling like... So adorable. It just it felt kind of dorky. It felt kind of like, oh, you guys, it's super dorky. Yeah, you guys don't feel as cool as you think you're looking right now. <laughs> Definitely, I I sort of love it though. I don't know how much experience you have with like amateur astronomers. <laughs> Not a lot, but they are like this. <laughs> they love their little clubs. They go out at night and uh, with their homemade telescopes and just search for comets or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> I thought, yeah, it's just so, it's so like wholesome and dorky and it it's like, uh, it's like nerds when they grow up and they never let go of the things that they loved when they were 12 years old. In this case, it's, it's just astronomy, <laughs> you know? I, I, I want to make something clear. Me, me sort of critiquing this and saying it's laugh out loud funny, right? Which it is. It is. But I, I, want to, I want to make something clear though. That I'm not necessarily shitting on it that heavily because I will take the absurd, however misguided honesty and like nerdgasm that clearly the people making this film are having as they were doing these scenes. I will take that brutal honesty that even if it makes for like a poor film over mm-hmm. a fake Hollywood movie that's just fabricated and it's just a boardroom that have made a bunch of choices. Like, at least this is honest like much like the room and it's not because that's the thing you, you, you can't quite say it's a so bad it's good movie because there's are there are things that are genuinely good about it too mm-hmm. but there's also these elements that are creeping in that are like these are so bad they're hilarious elements as well that are creeping in as the movie goes on so i would agree with that but but, but it, i kind of i don't know like that part is it is easy to laugh at and it is kind of enjoyable to watch because i'm like oh my god they're so dorky <laughs> so anyway, that's that's what's the other thing because yeah. There's so much because one of the other darky things that we have to very quickly address is that Harry has a relationship with his telescope that we have to we have to talk about here. He can, Annabelle. He, uh, Annabelle, which is his she's wife's name. She's not credited, but she's important. Yes, uh, it's his wife's name, and he he hugs it, and this also pays off later on in the film because when they're having to race off in the car, they can't quite get it back into the car because they're they're loading back up in a rush. And it is a point where this is too important to do what you know what they're doing, which we'll get to. And Roy's like, "Harry, just leave it." And he's like, "What? How? how what? No, I can't." And there's literally a moment where he takes it out of the car and he's trying to fit it. And he, it's, it's like he's hugging it at one point, and he's it's like he's like leaving his child behind, and he's looking down at it, going, "I'm so sorry." And part of me thought, "Look, 
you're in the middle of nowhere, there's I a know. very good chance that if you just come back for this in like half an hour, it's still going to be here. Right? I know. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> it's really bizarre. And it's, it's right after the scene where they went and go to go, like they have a very short period of time to work with. Yeah. And they went and go and collected all of the tripods, but they don't want to take the expensive telescope. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's... maybe I'm mistaken in those antenna tripods are more expensive, but it just seems a little <laughs> like, okay, well, so it's important that we grab that stuff, but yeah. you know, leave that behind or just leave so... everything behind. Just go. Yeah, this is way more important. It's, yeah. Especially since, again, it's the middle of nowhere. There's a very low likelihood that anyone's going to, especially at this time of night, is going to stumble yeah. into this stuff and it's steal like right it. before dawn or something yeah yeah it's like really you know early hours of the morning so like it just it feels like it's forcing drama for drama's sake there's a lot of Definitely. like tension music playing as they try to pack things up and again the key the key throwing moment which just made me lose my shit it was like whip and like I, oh my yeah. god i lost my shit um so so that's interesting to start to film he's kind of like oh this is annabelle and she's a beaut and she's special and blah 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 um and we get the tension set up uh and i i mean that's first like half hour so we can kind of just sort of talk about it as a th- you know a whole thing because it's, it's very much the the introduction of all the character elements which is that roy de- designed this uh, satellite uh oh raymond was it called satellite? goodman goodman thank you power's got good memory uh he designed this goodman <laughs> working working you know this 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 uh you know research place and he was fired when this other company took over and he'd, he'd done like 98 percent of the work and this company came in and just like finished it and sent it off so he wasn't even invited to the launch he's not involved with it um but it's and, his baby and that's the satellite they're looking at like throughout and he gets really pissed off at one point when mike says hey it's just a satellite don't worry about it uh and it's this moment of tension and in fact one of my biggest problems of the, the whole movie in terms of forced drama is that i look, look, look at tara try to type as quietly as she can on her really noisy keyboard uh so that i wouldn't notice is that i tried is that so there's tension that roy lost his job but harry even though he was working at the same place was in a different department or whatever technically so he actually kept his job and mike works for this company that took over so that's why roy kind of sees him as the en- enemy even though mike's not like the ceo or anyone who's making decisions he's just an employee right. and he's very upset about all this and like two thirds through the movie, or maybe like halfway through the movie, the big thing that makes them sort of like bond again, and like you know have, and this is this stupid moment where the camera swoops into both of them as a smiling, and it's really cheesy, is that Mike tells Roy before this scene that Harry actually got fired for sticking up for Roy, and Roy I goes. Get fired. I think he chose to leave. He quit. Well no, well, no, no, he did, but like Mike doesn't know that. Mike tells him he get fired. Uh, oh okay, okay yeah. and then then you know harry makes it clear no i didn't get fired i quit because of what it did to you um so when he goes to do that this is when they kind of, kind of like bond so my problem with this is that this is like bullshit drama 101 where the, this entire drama has been created because one character didn't tell the other one something that doesn't make sense why they wouldn't right exactly it, it's, why wouldn't you just tell him the entire yeah. tension of like him wanting to quit doing this with them, and the, you know, it's been months since the last time they did this together, is all based on the fact that he thinks, "Oh, you you got to keep your job." While I was fired, and he feels really sour about it. Like, why wouldn't Harry tell him this? And I don't understand at all. Yeah, he, I mean, he, I think what he says in the scene is that, "Oh, well, I don't want you feeling guilty that you got me, you know, 
like i lost my job because of you and i'm like i mean given how pissed he was that he was like a victim of all this and you weren't he'd probably like see solidarity in it and like yeah like that's a pretty yeah. stand-up thing to do yeah so for a friend yeah that was yeah that was that was tough to swallow uh a little that, bit yeah that was probably the biggest thing in the writing as a, as a turning point where i'm like okay the drama of this has kind of lost me and now i'm just here i can see how it, it could work um like with that type of tension like between two characters like i worked really hard on this project and got mm. fired and now you get to take credit for it even though you know you were just part of the last bit of the launch and like i could see that kind of drama working and even if um the other character stayed and didn't get and didn't quit um if harry decided to stay uh just because of job security and he also put a lot into this satellite so why couldn't he stay um yeah i could see like real you know drama coming from that uh it's just it's just done so over the top that it's uh yeah, and yeah, it, it could have been solved with just a single line in the beginning of the film or off screen before the film started. Like, it doesn't make any sense why he would hold on to this as a super it, secret. It feels like either the actors or maybe the directors uh, didn't have confidence in the performances, so they overdo a lot of the, the dramatic beats, even in the yeah. performances. And it's almost like if you just trusted yourself to do it a bit with a bit more... I don't know, grounded realism. <laughs> it would yeah. actually come across a lot better and may actually really work in terms of like compelling character drama. But as it is, it kind of flubs it. And yeah, because there's a whole thing where like Roy's got like a, a flask with some tea in it, and he, he says he's had his last cup. When Mike says, "Hey, can I have a cup of tea?" And then later on, like once they've bonded and he, he respects and he, Mike and, a little bit, um, Mike has offered him a mint. Yeah. Also. Oh, I oh that was the other thing that made me cackle with laughter. Is <laughs> later on in the film when when they've made up. I think it's actually just after he's given them the hat. He takes out yeah. his little tin of mints and says, "Do you want a mint?" And then what made me crack up is that Roy has this just smiles this big greasy, cheesy smile and is like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll I think I will." <laughs> like, oh my god! Not everything has to be some dramatic payoff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too funny. Oh dear um so yes i think we've, we've sufficiently pointed out the the over cheesiness of the the you know the, they're all kind of like in a bad place with each other but then of course they all sort of make up and bond and uh all the stuff so let's get to the actual sci-fi stuff let's get to the let's aliens and the, the radio signals and whatnot so the first thing that mike hears because he's the one who's actually listening to stuff and he also has a because what he's actually testing is he's got this like software that can build an image based out of the sound waves uh, and create like a almost almost like a thermal image, uh, but it's it's not actually heat; it's sound. It's like where the mm -hmm. sounds coming from, um, but it does it live. So that's I mean the, the idea of being able to do this isn't new, but it would take like weeks and weeks of like rendering and processing and math to do it. Whereas his thing will do it live, and you can just do it in seconds. Yeah, so I think this movie is taking place in like early two thousands. That's not right, sure. or like. 20 maybe even like 20 early 2010s um, or something because uh, you're listening to a podcast well he's, he's got a smartphone so i think it has to be 2010s okay yeah or the very end of the 2000s i guess but yeah okay um it's a little bit unclear like it seems to be the podcast is talking about a comet that went by the 1998 q23 or something and it 
and it's called the 1998 one, but it was discovered in like 2013, I think. And it was oh. passing by Earth soon, which is what the podcast was talking about at the time. So I think it's trying to date back a few years. Sure. Okay. So uh, the, the things that like Mike is showing, like he has like a map of the universe that's, that's made hmm. out of sound. And I think that's a image that I've seen before. That's a real thing that's happened since. So, they, so yeah. and because they're setting that in the past, they can be like, hey, this is the, the dawn of that kind of thing. Maybe. But also, this movie took five years to make, apparently. That's true. So, <laughs> yeah. it could just be like, well, yeah, we started writing the film in 2013 when, when was, this all was new. <laughs> that was the new hip thing at the time. And then by the time it came out, it was kind of old school. So, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's fair. That's a fair point. Uh, I yeah. I so he he's showing this stuff off, and then but when he does the live thing, he thinks it's a glitch because there's like a weird circle of noise that doesn't make sense. And of course, mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh, this is a glitch. It's not working properly." And obviously, we're sitting there going, "Ah, yeah. What? Yeah, I bet it's a glitch. Sure. Yeah, yeah, there's something there. That's a thing. It's an unknown entity." Yeah. Uh, but here, he I, I wish like that was of, done a little bit better to where I also believed that the software was busted, but I don't know mm. how they could have done it because, you know, I'm also looking for aliens. Yeah, well, we're expecting it because we're watching a movie, so there is definitely kind of a, a difficulty with that to do it subtly where we don't immediately go, ah, you know. Uh, but he, the first noise he hears, is just, it's just like a sort of pulse at one point. He has like a pulse mm-hmm. on a very specific frequency in the in the, the waterhole. And he, you know, he loses it and it goes away, blah, blah. But it's enough that he's kind of like curious and I, one, one character beat that I did like from him is that he, you know, he sends out this message, he records a little thing, mm-hmm. um, but one, one of the things they set up at the start is that they've got uh, cutters for branches that might get in the way of the, 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 you know, the telescope, and also uh, a, a claw, you know, like a, like a trash claw. And the trash claw is really just there for a joke, because when he's trying to get like a, 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 like just an audio jack from you know, further back in the car that's past Roy, who's asleep by this point, it's just like a little comedy beat where he's like trying to get it with the claw, and that's all mm-hmm. it is. Uh, so at least I liked that, it though. I thought yeah, it was a yeah. cute but, moment. But he records this message saying his name, saying, you know, I am of Earth, uh, you know, welcome, you know, I'm on this frequency, blah, 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 I'm in this location. And he sends it out. And Roy kind of hears it, you know, he was sleeping, but he sort of obviously woke up and heard all this message. And he's like, yeah, oh, that was kind of funny. Like it yeah. pan, or I don't want to say pan moves over to <laughs> I, mean, right. I, don't rem- I don't remember it may have been a pan I, I don't remember what the shot was exactly okay i want to use the wrong term <laughs> well you were seeing zoom in earlier but that was wrong, to so. roy who we know is sleeping and he's like staring at him like uh yeah. i heard you yeah. and it's a little embarrassing it was really goofy well because one of the things that i really like that maybe like makes character a little bit is at the end of the message he sort of leads into the mic and goes and if this is actually the local police station again, I'm sorry, get better radio equipment. Yeah. <laughs> and then we hear a story later from Harry that like a week or two ago, he, he thought he'd picked up something, so he sent out a message, and the local police thought it was some sort of like threat or something like that, so they were like going nuts trying to find where this this this, this message was coming from. Um, so, you know, I, I think I like the idea that it's set up that he's just a bit of a dreamer who sends these messages out. It wasn't like mm-hmm. he actually believed yet that there was... He's like, oh, no. On the one in like a ten billion chance that something is there, I'm going to do this just as a joke, or just just as fun. Yeah, yeah this is it. probably just standard procedure for him. Yeah, he just know? likes to do this. Yeah, uh, and that, that so that made it endearing. It made it him a little bit sweet and kind of like. I I really did enjoy Mike's character in the film. Like, I think he's really strong. I think he's a really strong actor because he's super likable, and mm-hmm. his goofiness is not outweighed Effect. by the. 
I was going to say Harry, not Mike, Harry. Uh, all throughout the movie, I kept thinking of him as the boring British version of Lee Schreiber. Uh, there was something about him that was so familiar. <laughs> Maybe it was Lee Schreiber. He, I don't he's know. A, he's, a, you know he's a slightly shorter, slightly... He's not overweight, but he's, you know, he's, he's not he's not belly Lee Schreiber. He's a bit more, you know, normal yeah. looking. <laughs> but, I mean, there was something about his, his character or his performance, I'm not sure, that came off slightly untrustworthy or like... <laughs> And maybe it was because he's holding this deep, dark secret for so long from Roy. <laughs> I think it's I think it's probably unintentional. Uh, he just kind of comes off that way. Yeah, I feel, uh, sorry, I don't for, know. I feel so for, sorry for his wife because clearly satellite's more important to him. And yeah. Joe was thinking at the end of the movie, uh, I don't want to get into any of this stuff yet, but I just I, I imagined at the end of the movie he would go home to his wife and say, I'm sorry, honey, the wedding's now the second best day of my life. <laughs> and she'd get really mad. But then he'd be like, but I made first contact. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's kind of. Most people get to do that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Look, is Call me much, Zephram Cochran. As much as I love you, honey, <laughs> like, most guys don't get to contact aliens, all right? So you're just going to have to and live with And if they're hot fact. and they have three boobs, I'm sorry, but. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wonder if she even believes him. She'll probably, she'll probably come out in the morning for breakfast. He's like, oh, hey, honey, I made first contact list. He's like, yeah, sure, honey, whatever. Like, oh, he's him and he's stupid nerd club. Oh, that, that man I married. And then she turns on the news and, like, all over the news is like, we made first contact last night. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> With a telescope named Annabelle. <gasps> anyway, so he hears this noise. He sends out the message. And there's some more of the character drama plays out in between these parts. And then he basically, after, because he's asleep at one point, he falls asleep a couple of times, but he falls asleep. And then coming through that frequency is basically the message he sent out is, comes back. It's kind of distorted. It sounds a bit funkier, but it's his message coming back. Mm-hmm. And he wakes up and hears it. And he wakes up the other two and is like, hey, you know, listen to this. And they hear it and they go, well, is this some sort of joke? This is you. Um, but they can see it's on his frequency. They, they, you know, they know what it, it looks like when it's coming through the frequency. And they theorize about, and I, this is the part that I kept, this is the stuff that I liked to the movie. Which was really oh yeah, sort definitely. Of, this was really good. Yeah, where they're sort of theorizing, well, 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 I mean, the signal's bouncing back off of something. But then they talk about, well, it, it took 85 minutes, and for 85 minutes, it has to be this distant. There's nothing at that distance. So, yeah. you know, because they say like, oh, is it bouncing off like a satellite? Is it? No, because that would be like less than a second. What about the moon? Oh, that'd be less than five seconds. Like, you know, these don't yeah. take a long time. Uh, so, and this is 85 minutes. This is kind of weirdly specific and notable uh and yeah then, i enjoyed uh, all of this too yeah and then, then he points out that you know like how many times did you cycle it when you've sent it out like how many times did it play back the, the loop is it oh six times like you've already heard it more than that it can't be a bounce then it has to be something else some yeah something is sending it back yeah uh so they all kind of freak out and there's a there's a whole thing in the you know and this, this is where we get the tense music because they're like it's like oh we have to boost the signal to like hear whatever's happening mm-hmm. and and we gotta get dave involved yeah, the, you know, that's, that's right. Before they do the thing, they, they, he phones Dave and like, wake up, Dave. He's like, yeah, but he's off shift. Just wake him up, damn it. Uh, <laughs> so Dave gets up and poor Dave turns on the, you know, to the signal and goes to the satellite. Gets and out of bed. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's sleeping on site. This is clearly, you know, this like 24 hour, you know, monitoring happens at this place. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's making up at 4 a.m. And it's like, you know, half one at this point or whatever it is. And he's like, there's nothing there. Dude, seriously, there's, there's nothing coming through. What are, you, what, are you, what are you doing to me? Let me go back to bed. 
<laughs> and it's like okay well that's weird technically because they're, they're checking the internet as well they're like hey th- th- this should be you know message boards all the nerds that check this stuff because because <laughs> it's not just cause it's not just that it's like some random signal it's in the waterhole because like, as mike says it's a cliche almost that it's something's coming through that specific frequency but yeah. no one else on earth is picking this up it's just them which does get explained actually it does actually at least i mean i don't know if the science is right with this but it does at least does, and in, in the context of the movie there is an explanation for why nothing else is picking this up at least until <laughs> later uh so basically the, the the ship is blocking the satellites this is essentially what's happening so uh it's only them because they're right underneath it that's getting the signal yeah and presumably the, the ship moved there because it picked up the signal in the first place yes yes yeah yeah i yeah. i enjoyed all of this i thought this was really well done i liked the it was very tense and i liked them all talking doing the science talk it was very uh very good like the movie had me at this moment yeah i love when in low budget movies especially when characters start debating stuff that i don't necessarily know going in but they make it like work. i feel like i'm an expert after though yeah you feel like you've understood it well enough you know like <laughs> yeah. i think coherence does it like from start to finish like wonderfully mm-hmm. i i feel like there's other movies that, that do it really well and i think that's the frustrating thing here is that the actual science stuff in this is really entertaining and fascinating to listen to and all that debating mm-hmm. about well let's rule out these things rule out that things but then immediately after, and they do the phone call, and it's like, oh, maybe we can boost the signal and record some of this and see what we can find. And he sends the ultra with more, uh, you know, transmitters so they can make like a triangle and boost the, the frequency and all the rest of it. And uh, it overloads and it crashes, like, you know, his system and like the, the drive's dead. And which I was expecting to happen kind of all movie because it kept doing close ups of the hard drive, which almost never happens. Like it did, it kept doing this close up of the hard disk, like get being written on. Yeah. And I was like, well, clearly something's going to happen to the hard drive. Otherwise, they wouldn't be focusing on it this, like, in-depthly the whole time. <laughs> uh, so the hard drive is done. He bo- He's able to boot up and, like, sort of, like, reload his software off another drive that he's got. But his recording is gone. And they're all depressed. They're all like, oh, no. Like, no one's going to believe us. This is terrible. And then we have a lot of emotional drama. But this is where a lot of the big cheesy stuff happens when they're yeah. trying to, like, solve and do, do things again. These and- scenes really could have been trimmed yeah there was a lot it, it felt like a long time between them saying we have to like do something to prove this is real and get more of the recording to when it actually got to the point okay here's where the actual like real mission is going to be um and eventually they do bring up that that heat or not the heat the, the sound image of of the the, the, you know, the milky way again and they're like hey that that glitch what if that's not a glitch what if that's not a thing and then they look up at the sky with infrared and that's kind of like you know this this thing whatever it is 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 disguising itself not to be seen uh by light right you know it's just a completely like it's a shadow in space essentially which you know yeah you that's what see. they described it as a shadow but then when they turn on infrared they can see where the the, the edges end because you can see the stars behind it but then there's this big circle that's blocking of, of just nothing yeah yeah it's just blocking space and it's like that's it. And it's really what? cool. It's cool yeah. to see. Like, oh, I like this. And then it zooms out and it's just a big circle in space. You're like, I wonder how far away that is. And you, you sort of know because we we, uh, we didn't mention it, but the Goodman satellite that Roy is there to, to look at, to observe, mm. when it passes through, it disappears for a short period of time. Yeah. And then reappears. Because it's going behind the, this, essentially, yeah. for however many seconds. And that's when he's freaking out. He's like, Where's my satellite? Where's my satellite? And Mike's like, it's just a satellite, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets really upset. 
Uh, which, by the way, that was the other thing, is that see when Harry's explaining to Mike like, what the backstory for Roy is, like, it keeps cutting to, like, Roy walking through the forest and looking up at the stars with dramatic music playing. With all his angst. Yes. <laughs> and he, he actually looks up and he can see the satellite moving through the sky. And it just, it, mm-hmm. it just felt... Yeah, it was... <laughs> It's a great lo- it's a great spot for them because they have like zero light pollution because that satellite was bright. <laughs> it looked like, like a star. A let's be honest. Yeah, it, it, it looked. Well, like a... I mean, they they do they they look like stars, but they're. Okay. I mean, that satellite was bright, bright. Yeah, oh, the brightest star in the sky. Yeah, make dreams come true. So, yeah, so so they're like, okay, we've got this, and they're recording all this, and they eventually get a broadcast something actually when they get everything back on and their whole hook back up they get a broadcast that's in binary and uh i mean they maybe over explain this a little bit but i get that not everyone like maybe it's just because i've watched so much science fiction that the whole idea that the reason why they would use binary is because math is universal mm-hmm. and every being would would use it that said i did like the, the part of the explanation where they say well if they're advanced enough to travel through space they must have math and if we're advanced enough to pick up a signal we must have math therefore we should be able to communicate using that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But I'm not really critiquing it so much, just that so much that so many movies have given me this idea of math mm-hmm. being the universal language that it wasn't. Yeah, unique. it's also used in Contact, the film Contact. Like a lot of this stuff is from there. Yeah. Which yeah. was a book first, and um, you know, you could it's, trust Carl Sagan's writing. It's, it's part of what makes. Uh, makes arrival so interesting is that the whole the idea of that film is how to sort of learn each other's language and like oh yeah that's, in a, that's uh, a beautifully made movie yeah. about that topic which we'll definitely do at some point so one day yeah look forward to it uh lois lane and hawkeye and uh, a more superman-esque film despite the fact that she was in a superman film that <laughs> should have felt more superman-y yep no okay no. <laughs> hey, there was a film where it was Lois Lane, Hawkeye, Batman, and uh, Rocket Raccoon. That was called American Hustle. You can do. Oh you yeah. Can, you can do I this now because one. so many of these actors have been in superhero movies at this point that you can sit and be like, "That, that, and that." I was thinking about watching that movie Just Mercy with um, with Captain Marvel and um, Killmonger in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, or even. Uh, because I, I watched Short Term 12 with uh, Captain Marvel and it's really good. Uh, and that has Mr. Robot in it. <laughs> Which is not a superhero. But... It's not a superhero. Yeah, I don't think so. But... Anyway. I've never watched it. Uh, not in the traditional sense. I think we, we compared him to a superhero occasionally, but uh, not in that sense. Uh, anyway. I feel, I feel there was someone else in that movie that was notable, but I can't remember who it was now. It doesn't matter. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, and and this is where they explain this other real part of like uh, science history. Uh, this message that was sent out in the seventies uh, from Puerto Rico, and it was mainly just to prove that the uh, the satellite, that the telescope would work. Right, it was just to show what it could do. But they sent like a basic binary message about Earth, and this was this was kind of a double edged thing because this felt like they were over explaining this to the. So so my my typical movie like critical thinking brain was kind of like. This is a bit convenient you're explaining all this as it's about to be relevant. But at the same time, they're explaining it because they're talking about binary and it's like relevant because this is the big example of something that was sent out into space in this format. So I thought it was a little strange that Roy, who is like an astro engineer or whatever, he makes yeah. 
he makes satellites uh, wouldn't know about this. Uh, th there's a lot of, you know, expositions that are mm -hmm. done, given to Roy, who seems to be working in the field, so... He's an engineer, though. He builds the, the vases. He's not as fussed about the... Yeah, maybe. The, the actual finding aliens part, I guess. He's not the dreamer in, in that same way. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the uh, Arecibo message. But he's part of the astronauts. That is true. The club yeah, how, that goes out how, and... How much, how much of a nut are you if you don't know about Arecibo? I mean, <laughs> really. But he, uh, so, so they, they get this, this message back and it's in binary and they, they pull up the original uh, message that was sent out, the Arecibo message, and they look at it and it was like, it was basically a drawing in binary. It was like, here's a DNA like sequence, here's like a man, here's like, you know, some basic details about Earth. And they get this this message in, and it's the exact same number of characters. And there's, there's almost a bit of drama as the, as the number's going up, and it stops on the exact number of characters that the original message was. Mm -hmm. Oh, they've sent this back too. And it's like, wait a minute, resize this so it's the same format, you know, the same number of characters per row, uh, and so on. And it's like, oh, it's the same. It looks the same. And it's like, no, 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 there's some differences, especially at the bottom. There's a big difference there. And it's like, no, this isn't... It's a little odd that no one noticed that except yeah. for one guy noticed that it was different because it was clearly very different <laughs> yeah uh, but basically it's like no this is the response to RC, but it's not them sending it back again this is their version of it this is them telling us what they're like and i thought it was notable from like a like an imagination point of view that the the the, the part that looked a human being looked like a little stick man still mm -hmm. looked like a stick man i thought that was kind of an interesting little touch that, that part was the same yeah yeah just, just from a thought-provoking, you know. Well, yeah, angle. you're trying to think about what what alien maybe would look like. Like you would imagine they would have a larger head. Yeah, because part because part <laughs> of me was thinking it was going to have like five arms or something. You know, like there was going to be like some extra thing to it. Or <laughs> no, they still they still look humanoid. Yeah, still humanoid. Yes. Uh, by the way, I watched Humanoids from the Deep uh, this week. Uh, Sounds promising. Wonderful B movie. Wonderful right. B movie gem. Uh, so so much fish monster attacks. Lot on a day, yeah. I I, I recommend. <laughs> um, uh, technically, technically science fiction. That may be a bonus episode someday. It's one of those borderline ones where you could call it horror, but you didn't are... watch it for screams. It was just something you decided to watch. Oh, that's yeah. This was on a stream. Uh, it was on Shudder, but it's a monster movie, fish monster movie, and the reason they exist is due to science chemicals going awry. So. I think well, science fiction. Maybe after your. Oh yes, yours next. Yours world, he's the man. <laughs> Who makes a fantasy movie about a guy in like a you know like a, a little, like, rug, like you know thing. Masters of the universe. Right, and thinks and think. What well, no, no, I was more to my question. <laughs> was the whole thing. <laughs> Who makes a movie, a fantasy movie, in that style with that type of character and thinks we're going to give him a song. Where it says he's the man, <laughs> like that's what you give to like a like a, a gritty seventies style. That's your shaft song, right? He's the yeah. man, you know. That's your cool dude. No, no, no. This is a guy who like you you would picture fighting dragons. <laughs> he's the man. <laughs> I'm very excited. But anyway, back to where this is going here. So they've they've got this message. They're realizing this is first contact, uh, and then kind of the 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 threat that could wipe all this away is introduced into the film and that is that they're starting to lose power their, their batteries for all their equipment uh, are almost drained and the computer said it's got 10% left which I thought was 
weird in the, in the sense that, like, if it's still getting power from the battery, then his computer would still be full. Therefore, it, the battery must have been dead for a while, but all the other things are still on. <laughs> so it was kind of weird. There's a little bit. Of, uh, they said it's because they have so much more equipment than they're used to, or yeah. something. Yeah, we well, you know. I get that, but if the battery is already, if the battery was still functioning though, and the battery was just almost dead, then the devices that are attached to it that charge should still be full. Mm-hmm. Uh, would be my logic. But, but that's that. That's a minor problem though. The bigger problem I have is that this laptop has a countdown timer to the second when the battery's going to die. Yeah, there's a lot of stretches when it comes to the laptop. Like, even just the sounds it makes when there's like a file not found, sorry. I don't know. There's like, it, yeah. it makes a lot of strange noises that a programmer is really yeah. uh, thinking about the cinematic aspect of it. It's really, really odd. Uh, even, the, even the idea that all the data will be wiped if it loses power. Uh, and they're going to try and transfer it to another disk uh you know to preserve it but that's going to draw power so like it may actually die before it can transfer the power mm-hmm. and so basically what it sets up though is that the final sort of chunk of the film is about racing to get to power and so we basically find that they're not even that far away from civilization you know it's i mean they, they rush obviously to get back to this lab but it, you know in normal speeds it's probably a 30 minute drive it's not like a big thing you know well, yeah, but the timer says they have like 22 minutes at the beginning or something. And so they all quickly sure, yeah. collect the equipment. And then, um, what's his face? Well, Harry. The reason, the reason why I'm pointing that out, though, is going back to the whole leaving the telescope behind. It's not even that far, really. Like, it's not going to take that long to get back out here. No, no definitely not. <laughs> but yeah, they continue. Yes, we said. Yeah, so they go collect the, the antenna from where tripods from where however far away they are which and i thought was pretty far action music playing the whole time like oh yeah it is tense and the timer's really getting low and then for some reason harry cannot leave his telescope behind even though he has the most important <clears throat> discovery in the history of science and humanity ever um he is delaying their departure for for no for no real reason like he can't let go of the telescope yeah, for they lose, a few minutes they they lose a full minute at least here when he's like trying to force it into the back of the car and can't accept that he has to leave it behind and there's a little just, joke here where Roy says it's just a telescope I'll buy you a new one and I'm get, again it'll probably be fine it'll be here when you get back it's, it's the middle of nowhere it, it reminded me of the, of the end of Snowpiercer which we haven't reviewed on this channel but I know we've both seen it where it's just like these tense moments and the build up and then it's like just go already (laughs) (laughs) yeah like clearly this is way more important just let it go and and come back and get it and even if you have to let it go forever like for some reason it's worth it uh, yeah it's it's worth for what they're doing and because because when roy says it's just a telescope harry's like really because obviously it's a callback to when the other guy said oh it's just a it's a satellite Hey, mm-hmm. a satellite's a lot harder to replace than a telescope. A telescope's, you know, on, you know, a single person can afford to replace a telescope. <laughs> the, the satellite yeah. is a, a bit more... Uh, and don't get me wrong, it's a fancy telescope. It's a big, chunky, heavy asshole. Yeah, that, those things are yeah. expensive. You know, it's, it's not a cheap item, but it is replaceable. It's not a satellite that gets rocketed out of space that costs millions of dollars or pounds in this case, because it's the UK. Um, so, <laughs> but anyway, anyway so... It's it's just, all, it was a frustrating scene yeah. to watch because the 
the right decision drama. is so clear. Yeah, it, and, it's really yeah. forced drama that it feels like it's just not, it shouldn't be there. It feels all, but and that's the thing with the timer and the laptop as well is that he keeps shelling out over because it starts off at ten percent power left, and he's like, "Oh, it's nine percent, eight percent now." I'm like, "That's enough of a countdown." Like, see, when they're driving there, see if he's yelling out over oh, at four percent. It's vague enough that it's, there's a bit of wiggle room, so you don't actually know exactly when it's going to conk out. Because when mm-hmm. it gets to one percent, like, how long do you really have at one percent? We don't know. Yeah, you know, and that's true for all battery powered things. Like, when when your phone gets to one percent, like, can I have I got enough time for well, that, that one last message? One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's two of a second. <laughs> Which, and it has that cliche, it doesn't get to one second, it's like 2.5 seconds, but you know what? It's close enough. <laughs> like, but they're I on know. the phone to Dave, because Dave's like, no, we're actually picking something up, we're actually getting a message on the frequency now, we're kind of believing you here. And he's like, Dave, go get the, these power connectors and bring them out to this you know, car park, your car park C, bring them out, we need it, we've <laughs> got data that's going to get lost, we have proof of all these things, we need it, this is like, you know, fate of the world stuff. So it becomes this, and this, to be fair, with no money, the fact that they were able to shoot, you know, these scenes of the car driving through city streets, essentially, at speeds, running red lights. I'm sure there's some trickery to make it look like they're actually doing it, but in reality, they're probably just driving through, like, green lights. They've probably just changed mm-hmm. the colour so it looks more dramatic, right? Sure. I'll buy it, stuff like that. But, you know, it's, it's relatively impressive. But I they, agree with that. Yeah. And actually, a lot of the tension in the scene did really work on me. Uh, the I was like, how they get there in time? Oh yeah, the actual <laughs> driving, the race against time for the, the power. Like, there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with this conceit. It's more just the details, like the timer on the laptop's a big one that really sticks out, is just feeling forced. And then the other one is just like, the actual details of like, why it's at that point of power. Like, I feel like a couple of little things to make it simpler, to set it up, to just be more concise. But yeah. instead we have all this, you know, exposition to make it work. It's just a bit funky. <laughs> but they come zooming in, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a point where they get to like a, a gate that's locked because uh, Roy's got a shortcut that he wants to take but so they have to go out and, and I thought he was just going to ram through it because again it's probably worth wrecking the car a little bit right you know what yeah. I, although funny enough it's also uh, Harry's car uh, whose telescope <laughs> also was uh, Harry's making all the sacrifices here no one else is sacrificing <laughs> it's all Harry's yeah stuff. it's true <laughs> but they get to the, the, the place and they come out uh, Dave comes running out we finally get to see Dave he comes running out, he's got this battery pack, and I get, in fact, another force bit of attention. See when Mike's hooking up the two, uh, the, you know, the, the clips for the power, he gets in one, and there's, there's some, like, forced tension as he, like, he can't quite, like, hook on the other one, and I'm like, this is this is not some out of reach thing. It's, it's like, it's, yeah. no, it's no harder than the other one, but the music's like, and he's like, he can't quite get it, and it's cutting around the reactions as they're all like, come on, time's up. It's just, it's just overdone. It's so overdone. But, yeah. uh, but the actual sort of race against time element on its own works well enough. It's just that there's all these little things that kind of yeah, take away from it. Yeah, it's tense and it's a fun, it's a fun scene. It's a fun segment. Um, I'm glad we get to meet Dave, who yeah. lives up to what we expected him. He pulls out that red hat. All four, all four <laughs> of them got these stupid i just i love that there's only Nerds. three characters and there's one kind of fourth character and that one fourth character has a twist where it's like nah he's one of them too yeah like. <laughs> he was on the poster i was confused when i saw the poster because it had four characters at the bottom of it and, and i thought well there's only three of them mm. oh dave yeah oh dave the mysterious dave at the end fourth dave yeah yeah, yeah, you don't see his face in the poster, but there is like a silhouette at the bottom of four characters. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, 
you know, it's very impressive for what it is. But obviously, we mentioned that earlier on. The ending has all these these shots, so they, they get there, and he's like, "Hey, no, they're picking it up everywhere." And there's this dramatic moment, which again, like, I like the idea of this moment, but it's so overplayed. Where he's like, "Oh, it's like, hey, yeah, we're picking stuff up." He's like, "Yeah," and it, but you know, it was hidden in infrared. He's like, "Yeah, how did you know that?" Oh, because we, you know, so, you know, solved that already. We've got data. We've got you know, footage. We picked it up on the camera. We've got tons of stuff. Mm-hmm. And eventually, Dave says, "Wait, what time did you first get like the the message, the first thing, the first signal?" And they're like, "Oh, it was you know two, whatever, or one, whatever." It's like, "Holy shit, guys! That was the first one." Do you know what that means? It's and the it's most like, important yeah, thing to yeah. any ast- amateur astronomers to be yeah. the first to you, make you, the discovery. You made first contact, and there's like all the music spells up as they're smelling at each other, lo- looking into each other's eyes, but especially Roy yeah. and Harry. Uh, they definitely held hands, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then of course they're they're looking up at the satellites that are all turning and dave's like that's us we're making a response this is us sending a signal back up and he's like what does it say mm-hmm. well sister welcome to her and they're all standing there <laughs> looking up and the, the music's swelling up and there's so many sweeping shots and there's also so many shots like there's the sweeping there's like shots behind them and they're in a line of four there's also a couple of times where you get a shot where it does the lineup shot where it's like you know up against one person but they're in like you know sort of like just you know yeah. they're in a line but you're looking down the side of them so you've got all the profiles lined mm-hmm. up uh like it does all these things as the music's swelling up and they're all standing there and it's just it's kind of like it's just a little bit lame like you know it wants <laughs> to be this big epic mode but it's just a little bit lame and i feel bad yep, for saying just it. like a lot of amateur astronomers oh <laughs> I'm only Aww. saying that. I'm one of you. I'm one of them. I've discovered comets. <laughs> Just gonna throw that out there. Ugh. Got my name in the paper. <laughs> NASA Tara. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, and I did say comets. Multiple comets. I'm Pretty sorry. Cool. I didn't realize I was in the presence of a big shot. All right. That's right. Realize... Bow to me. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Mad James Khan discovered multiple comets. Who is this woman, this mysterious woman on the internet? <laughs> so My resume is quite impressive. So they're looking the up. The actual person is not so much. <laughs> <laughs> they're looking up at the sky and they're like, come on, come on. Because I, I thought it was about to, I, I thought it was ending with them all looking up, being happy that they'd sent a message back. And then they're all looking up and like, come on, come on. And then a light comes on, and they see a light. Oh, clearly, this ship, whatever it is, is is responding and is like willing to like show itself. And it, which does make sense that it was kind of putting feelers yeah. out because it was like, hey, these idiots on this planet might be hostile. We might need to, you know, test the waters a little bit first. Yeah. So you know, and it's all I like the idea up. that the ship, you know, has selected them and their location mm. and is on its way. And it's you know, it's it's, it's looking down at. Well, you see this light in the sky, basically, and they're all looking up at it. So we, 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 all the epic shots that I said before of them in a line of the profile shots looking down the row of them, all that stuff, them smelling and looking at each other and each other's eyes, all that happens again after this moment. <laughs> it does it all again with the music swelling up again. And then Dave walks out eventually separating from the pack and looks up because he's the one who truly made the discovery. He was the, the central character of the whole thing. Uh, you mean Mike? Sorry, Mike. Yes, not Dave. <laughs> Dave is important. Dave's very important, yes. Do you know what? Dave's the closest one who looks at. Like, I watched the American movie recently, a movie that Tara was insistent that I watch about yeah. these amateur filmmakers in uh, Wisconsin. And I think Dave actually kind of looks like a more put together version of the. I don't want to say the idiot character. I think his name was Mike. Was his name Mike in that movie? 
Yeah, Mike. Uh, that's like that's confusing. Something. Yeah, that's confusing. But uh, he has kind of a sort of hair and facial hair, kind of like him. Sorry. Uh, so let me think of him. Oh, here we go. Clacky <laughs> clack. Clacky clack. I'm a big shot. I discovered two comments. I get to clacky clack as much as I want. Nine. Nine what? Nine comments. <laughs> I thought you were saying nine as in German Mike for no. Shank. His name is Mike Shank. And you're nine, right, he does have a Mike Shank vibe. Nine whole... I mean, it doesn't sound like... I mean, not just because well, of the I've accent, obviously. I've discovered nine comments, but two of them were main belt comments, which are very rare. And I had help with my professor, but whatever. Yeah, but there was an actual trained professor. Uh, yeah. sort of saying where to look. Shut up. Ta he Tara didn't find them. I found them. <laughs> Tara was just looking through the telescope at the thing. <laughs> uh, I mean, how hard is it, is it to find a comet though? Like, is that really that notable that you found a comet? Or is it, is, is it easy? Yeah, just, like... but I didn't get to name them because uh, there are complications. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to diminish it. I'm just wondering, like, can you just point at a uh, telescope sounds like in the you sky? Are, but that's okay. And, and then you can just like, oh, you found a new one. Well, a lot of people find a lot of, like, yeah. that's how i mean that's one of the great things about finding a comet is that you get to name it so a lot of mm. amateur astronomers do that because they want something named after them yeah very good yeah very good and um, the big telescopes are looking you know do you think the ship will, the, the earth name for the ship will be annabelle because <laughs> because these these three found it yeah i guess so it could be yeah. annabelle is very important she Not was the she was the the dave before dave showed up yeah, that's not discounting Dave running out to the car park with the battery. That's yeah. not discounting. That was a very important part of the whole mission, the whole mm -hmm. night. Uh, but now they're all just standing there, all so proud of themselves. The music's swelling up. And like I say, I was thinking of Harry's poor wife, who no longer will be the most important thing in Harry's what life. Because <laughs> now this night will top everything. But doesn't matter how many kids they have, doesn't matter how special any of that could be. He's like, yeah, tons of people have kids, honey. Well, he has to build Annabelle too. <laughs> tons of people have kids how many people do you know that made first contact eh just me that's right <laughs> oh dear um so i feel you know it seems like i've been kind of mean and i do think it does a lot of things that i that and i hate to say this because it sounds so harsh but there's a lot of things that it does all this over the top cheesy stuff that it's doing mm -hmm. i would describe that as the word amateur it feels like because they're aiming for something yeah. rather than pulling back to be more confident. Is it because one of the things I talk about camera work a lot is that sometimes just being confident in what you're doing to pull back and have a static shot feels more impressive than doing a lot of fancy things because it feels like you're overcompensating for the lack of other things. Sometimes it's the right thing to do, but sometimes it isn't. And I feel like the overrating of the, the drama and the overdirection of these moments and the over orchestral <laughs> score of these moments is all a lack of some kind of confidence and it makes it feel a bit more amateurish than when it's actually quite impressive how good it looks for the budget that it didn't have mm -hmm. it's actually impressive there's movies that cost way more than this that look much worse and oh, on yeah, that definitely. on that topic it's a triumph like i as someone who appreciates amateur <laughs> filmmaking who appreciates indie filmmakers and wants people to try things because sometimes the best movies that come out of the world are the ones that are done with the grit from people like this well you're uh, also like a huge horror movie fan and that's yeah. like some of the best ones have all been indie exactly yeah i mean halloween three hundred thousand dollars which is still way more than this but uh 
And given the fact that with inflation, that would be way more. You know, that's over a million probably today. It's probably even more than that. <laughs> but yeah, or uh, even like uh, the first paranormal activity was like pennies to make. I, I that was under a hundred. That was like seventy thousand uh, dollars. Yeah. Uh, which which I think when I heard that the first time I said, okay, so that's basically the cost of renting the camera. <laughs> and yeah, probably. Maybe renting the house. Uh, assuming this wasn't and just like someone's house. And like distributing to some studio, <laughs> so somebody can watch it. <laughs> Yeah, sending out screeners so that I should be able to pick it up, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's basically it. And then it went on to make, you know, over $100 million. And all that. wait a minute, the profit margin on this thing's insane. Let's make eight of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, no, I respect the effort here. I, I don't want to sound mean about this because I actually think there's a lot of harm into this. This is clearly a passion project. This is clearly something they cared a lot about. And it's surprisingly and even shockingly slick looking for mm-hmm. what it is it, it reminds me me and tim did a movie last year called the headhunter and i crit- I critiqued it unfortunately because the story was very pulled back because of what they couldn't do but they said it was a world it was in a sort of fantasy world and it was this sort of like hunter and it was all set in like a sort of you know sort of horror-esque like you know medieval fantasy type of setting where there's you know, it implies that there's trolls and stuff around but you never see one of course because they don't have the money for that but it looks shockingly good it was made for like twenty thousand dollars it's but it looks so good for what it is. Unfortunately, they also had to hold back what they could do in the script because the, the plot's very repetitive. So it suffered in that sense, but you couldn't help but appreciate how good they made it look right. on what they what they did. Just made, not what you were expecting. Yeah. Uh, so in, in a similar vein, I think this is very impressive in a lot of ways for what it is, but unfortunately, I can't quite say it's a gem like so I, I think if you're like me and you appreciate like you know low budget films and you, you'll sort of laugh at the, the things that aren't that good you'll probably it's worth watching for the interest factor but it's not a gem it's, it's this this is not coherence it's not primer it's not these things where you, you say no you have to watch this because it's really good it's not one of those i don't think and i don't know if you disagree with that but um i think if you like really grounded science then you'll probably get something out of this because uh, yeah. the science talk is really good and it is when things start happening it is very interesting but if you can get past the the other storylines um which are just so over the top it's grounded science but everything else isn't grounded right science is the one thing that's actually makes sense because you know nerds they don't know how to talk to people (laughs) (laughs) fair point point. we know i'm one of you i know you're watching us it's better so, uh, so yeah uh i mean that basically sums up my thoughts so I, I want to be as kind as i possibly can to it, even though i do think it has a lot of problems that and if i have to judge it you know based on a it's a movie this finish that i watched uh that's how i would kind of rack it up but uh and I, I, I was never annoyed like i never like, bizarrely like I, I think one of the things that it does do well with its budget apart from just it looking good is that I never felt that they were just trying to save money by setting it in a car. It felt like the premise of the film was, no, no, no. The mm-hmm. whole point of this is that it's just three guys in a car with some equipment. And yeah. what, we, what we can get out of that is part of the charm of what they're doing. So I, I never... Because you know, there's some movies where it feels like every, everything's set in like a warehouse and it's like, this is just saving money and it looks dull. I never felt that with this. So uh, that's no, some, that's, no, definitely that, not. That's something I like to the setting, for. actually. Yeah, I like the setting too. I love a good ball movie. Everyone knows this about me. When they can pull it off, I love something that's set in one location the whole time. Uh, I love that kind of restraint and being forced to make a plot out of it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's part of why I love Coherence, which is fantastic, and you should go watch Coherence and go check out our review, which Great. we already did. Uh, so, I guess we're at the rating then for Cosmos. So, Tara, what would you give uh, Cosmos out of 10? 
Okay, well, I do still like the film. I think it is uh, a decent watch, especially if you like science talk. Um, if you're a fan of this type of material, um, then I would I would say give it a watch. Um, but yeah, it's hard to it's hard not to judge it harshly because of all the things that don't work. At least there's a little bit of enjoyment from the over the topness of the acting and the direction <laughs> yeah it definitely got to a point where i was i was cackling with oh there was like yeah it was basically it was i think it was definitely the, the pulling out the the hat and then the, the camera work there from oh that, it's so ridiculous that was the first one that really made me cackle and then from that point on there was a few the car keys were one and then mm -hmm. there was another when the other guy pulled out the hat when dave pulled out the hat at the end i lost my shit i, I couldn't believe it but uh, there is there is something very endearing about it, even if it's oh, a sure. little dorky. It's honest. Like you could tell these people yeah. cared about what they were doing. Like I say, the actors and the I mean, what crew? The I mean, mostly it was the two directors who were just doing everything anyway. But sure. Like, and I I don't know how they got the score. Maybe it's all like as composed. There's a credited composer. There's three credited composers. So okay, people composed yeah. this. So yeah. it's not like well, maybe it is. It's not stock. Just public music. domain music yeah. that you can get. I, uh, I mean, I suppose technically it could be they still have to credit the people who wrote it originally. That's that's possible. Mm -hmm. uh, that may take some research to find out one way or the other, but yeah. Um, so are you going to give it somewhere between 1.42 and 1.67? No. That's the waterhole uh, frequency. Yeah. Just for the record. That's <laughs> that the frequency. That was, that yeah. was a nerd science joke. There. Well done. There you go. Uh, <laughs> no, I am going to give it a... I'm going to give it a six. That is that is perfectly fair. I I was kind of, I'm even almost tempted to go a nudge to six point five just for, just for the sheer effort and the sheer sort of because I I love how much they cared about making this. Like I I do feel their love of making this thing, and the fact that they did it without being paid and it was just a passion project. It's mm -hmm. hard not to be endeared by what they're trying to pull off. But uh, I think I will agree ultimately and go with the six. But uh, you know I I admire everything about making it. It's just yeah, there's too many yeah, things to if, actually uh, drag it down. Tom England does anything else, I'll watch it. Let's see. Sure. Because he, he was really good. Maybe he's been in things. Let me see. He's been in Cosmos, and he's in an upcoming movie called Repeat. Oh, that is Repeat by... Director Grant Archer yeah. and Richard Miller. I, I was going to see if it was the same directors to see if he was working with them. Because uh, there's, well, there's another actor from this movie in that. Uh, Harry's in that, too. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's the second character. There's a lot more actors in this one, though, at least. So, <laughs> you know, it's not the same type of thing. It says pre-production, but it's got a poster. Yeah. So, we'll see what that is. Is this... It's uh, sci-fi. Is it sci-fi? Mm-hmm. Here's, here's the description. A zealous cognitive psychologist dedicates his life to a university lecturing. While tinkering with one of his many experiments, he stumbles across an unbelievable discovery of a way of communicating with the other side. Yeah, it's, this is sci-fi. <laughs> Joy is short-lived, however... As his daughter is put into potential grave danger when all leads to cold, he takes matters into his own hands to find out the truth. Yeah, it sounds kind of sci-fi. Do you think he kills his daughter so he could talk to her on the other side? Or lets her die? That's uh, pretty dark. But... <laughs> That'd be really dark. Yeah. So I'd watch it. Maybe that'll be something good. There's, there's also like a, a photo here. of like I assume this is the girl playing the daughter in this photo. So it looks like maybe they're shooting soon or something. Pre-production. Yeah, they've got a, they've got a hoodie with a title on it, so they they clearly want to make this. They're they're intended. It's like on it. Little Red Riding Hood in a one of those 
makeup lamps. Or it's like the the ring light. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, that's the uh the poster, yeah. Uh so hmm. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe another indie? Check it out one yeah. day. Yeah, it'll probably be a couple of years before it's uh you know, out. <laughs> it's pretty, I don't even think it's shot yet. I imagine a certain pandemic might have slowed down the uh, production a little bit. Uh, right. Looks so, like we're going to have to watch only old films. I know, we get a lot of recent VOD hits no. to, to get through. I don't want to watch Gemini Man. Yeah. Oh, that amazed me. I do really want to watch Pod. We need to do Pod at some point. I've got it on the to-do list, but uh, we, we actually have some interesting things coming up just to sort of promote uh, what's coming up in the show soon. Uh, although, before I do that, if you made it this far on the review, uh, put in the word, put in the, the comments on YouTube if you got this part of the review, made it this far, put in the word astronaut. <laughs> That's astro dash nut. Because you're a nut about astronomy. <laughs> Nerds. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, what I was going to say actually is just some things coming up in the show soon uh, but before we do the usual things at the end, I'll make Tara do some outro stuff. Uh, is what? We have uh, a couple special things coming up. Uh, obviously, October is traditionally the October-thon uh, on Screams After Midnight, and that's going to be happening. That's uh, a lot of extra episodes from me and Tim doing horror movies, and should look forward to that. But one of the things that we're going to be doing at the same time as that is that we're going to have a themed month during October. We're actually going to do a 70s sequel month. Uh, not sequels from the 70s, but a sequel to our 70s month, where we're going to do not as many episodes, but we're going to do all of our episodes, maybe like, we do like an extra one, so you'll get like five that month. Uh, but you'll get five 70s movies uh, over throughout the month of October. So it's kind of like a counter-programming to Screams After Midnight's Octoberthon. Um, uh, so you're going to get that. And then, of course, uh, the next episode is not a movie, which is the other thing I have to tell you. The next episode is going to be a countdown. We're going to do our top ten time travel movies. Finally. I know, because we did a lot of time travel movies like a while ago, and we kind of kept forgetting about it. Um, and I'm not going to tell you why, right? I will say that there was a cursed attempt at doing Back to the Future, and we will one day do the Back to the Future trilogy, but we don't actually... We don't really need to watch them in order yeah. to do the, the, the list. We, we both know them very well. We don't have to watch them again to do the list. We know them, you know, like the back of our hands. Uh, mm -hmm. But there was a, a cursed attempt, and by cursed attempt, there was two attempts at recording it. <laughs> and then it, it got so much, as like, let's just do this down the line. We'll do yeah, this. let's we'll wait till back. we forget everything we yeah. said about it. <laughs> because, like, half the conversation... Because when we done, tried it the second time, we were just kind of repeating the same points. And it was like, this feels so unnatural because I'm just doing it from memory as opposed to having yeah. a conversation. It didn't but, feel like it was worthy enough for our channel. Exactly. So. We care about quality here. Yes. Yes. Uh, so that's coming up. So look forward to that. Um, and then we are going to have another big countdown at the end of the year. Our plan for sort of New Year's, as it were, is going to be a top... 25 at least maybe a top 50 it will depend we'll have to sort of do a bit of research to see how many films we think we can put on the list but much like last year we did our top 25 of the 2010s sci-fi we're going to do our top of the 2000s at the end of the year uh, which is why that december's theme uh, it's not really a theme per se but we're probably going to use that to maybe do a couple of 2000 movies that mm -hmm. one of us hasn't seen that we think the other should see for for the sake of the list uh yep so that's kind of the plan there. Uh, so, uh, so sorry, that's November, not December. Sorry, that's November. Uh, right. So there you go. That's the plan. I thought November was the theme month. No, no, December is the theme month. I got that wrong. So October is seventies two, which I've called Disco's Revenge in my in my list. Okay. <laughs> um, 
November's 2000 blind spots, and then December is the theme month of movies that are set in 2020. So That's before right. we, So before we finish the year, we're going to do a bunch of movies that are set in 2020. So I can just tell you right now, you can expect at least these three. Mission to Mars, Pacific Rim, and Real Steel. Look forward to what's those. The, what's the other one? The uh, Texas 2000 the 2020. 2020 Texas Gladiators. But that may be yeah. the bonus Patreon episode. That may not be the main channel. <laughs> that sounds like high potential. <laughs> uh, there's another one or two that we might do as well, but that is the plan. So uh, so yeah, you've got a bit of a map for the ace for the rest of the year. you got next yeah. week's episode and you've got October's theme, November's theme, and December's theme. So... Uh, and we've got some stuff coming up from September, September, of course. Um, yeah, the one exception is saying December is we might squeeze in a Planet of the Apes sequel just so that that's still, you know, chugging along. There's not too much of a gap between them. Uh, yeah, we uh, got to get those movies in. Yeah, exactly. They're so, a real treat. Uh, don't worry, the third one's coming soon, though. Uh, mm-hmm. So we got a couple of things before then, though. Uh, in fact, I'll tell you this. We've got the vote winner after the countdown, and then the, F- the movie after that is a biggie. So look forward to that. I don't even know which one it is. It's a... It's just it's the anniversary of a certain movie this year. Ooh. Yeah. So, and the actual anniversary. Yeah, the actual anniversary already <laughs> happened. Uh, but basically, I don't I don't believe the thing we were going to tie it into. I don't believe is happening anytime soon, regardless of what they're saying. <laughs> so we're doing it for the anniversary <laughs> in August. So <laughs> you know what this is, Tara? I, why are you looking so confused? <laughs> We've talked about this numerous times. Oh, okay. I know what it is. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I see you on the Google Doc. Tara's looking at the Google Doc. She didn't think, remember it. She's looking at the list. <laughs> yep. All right. Okay. Tara, we'll do your pose for the, the thumbnail, shall we? So lean back so your head's uh, not cut off at the top. Uh, just slouch maybe a little bit, I guess. There you go. All right. Three, two, one, and pose. So here we go. Three, two, one, pose. That's not fair. You, you're just copying my Vast the Night pose. <laughs> I knew you were going to do it for this one. <laughs> I love how I'll do it I with my it actual he- I'll do it with my actual headphones though, so you'll look like an idiot. They're just miming it. <laughs> just Photoshop some headphones in there. Oh sure, yeah, I'll just Photoshop some headphones. In. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll take a photo of my headphones, just kind of off like that, and just I'll just. <laughs> well, you're a pro. You can do it. <laughs> All right, that is uh, that is that. Uh, so we're just kind of wrapping up the show now. And um, we mentioned Patreon earlier, of course. You want to support us that way. I mentioned liking on YouTube at the start. That's very important and free. Helps us out a lot. Easiest free way to support us and make sure that the content keeps coming. Um, get us on the Twitters at the Ace Podcast uh, for updates and the odd funny tease that I may put out uh, or clip sometimes that I'll put out. Uh, for example, I put out a teaser for our, uh, Upstream Color uh, before that episode went out because I thought it was really funny. There was a screen grab where I, I look delighted and Tara looks like she's just mad at the world. I'm glad this movie was better. <laughs> I don't know if I'd agree with that, but... <laughs> hey, that's part of the fun. That's why it's a conversation mm-hmm. and not just me sitting talking to myself. Uh, so, uh, Tara, why would you, would you like to promote uh, a piece of mail for us? In fact, you know what? Outro. You just do the rest of it. No... Okay, promote something. Then. Promote something for me. You always do that part. Yeah, the outro is saved for the bonus movies. That's why you should, you know, use the $1 to see me flub up the intros and the outros. Yeah, Tara's doing the intros in the last couple. It's, it's pretty great. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
so uh, yeah let's see um, if you enjoy us and you'd like to have a conversation with us why not check out the live stream where you can talk to Peter my esteemed co-host um, live and if you have the is that on a different channel that's Mouthless Live? Uh, a lot of them are. I, I do them on the main channel sometimes. I might, I might make that consistently like a once a week thing. Because Streams After Midnight, which is a stream I do with Tim every month, mm -hmm. uh, is on the main channel. So, but, Yeah, there's a pretty fun community of people. And Peter's really good about answering any questions or talking about movies. And mm -hmm. you watch movies with people all the time, especially ones for shows, for reviews. So yeah, if, if you have the bell <laughs> rung, then you can see Ooh. when it goes live. Look at you getting the bell ring plug in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we do a lot of like uh, sort of like random stuff from like Amazon Prime and Shudder and stuff like that. Uh, so what was this yeah. random B movie? I didn't watch it. It's a thing. And apparently there's a really good one about the sea creatures. Yeah, Humanoids from the Deep was a blast. It's it very much a B movie, right? But uh, I had fun. We had fun with that one. We've watched some crap on there. Uh, let it let it be known. <laughs> Cynthia Rothrock is a legend. Okay. Uh, she she's had some fun movies. She's had some really boring movies too, but she's had some fun ones. Mm -hmm. Uh, her movies she just randomly has telepathy for no reason. Love it. <laughs> As if the punching and kicking wasn't enough. Uh, but hey, uh, yeah. What what a delightful plug that was. Uh, for the live okay. streams. Thank you, thank you, Tara. Uh, so, um, yeah, there you go. That's the Atomic Cinema Experiment. That has been episode 77, I think that's what it is. Uh, so, yeah, you can, like I say, let us know in the comments what you thought of the movie, if you've seen it, and all the other stuff that we've said here at the end. Uh, but thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching science fiction, guys. And computer, at salsa. But hockey season ended months ago. <laughs> I had nothing. <laughs>